All right. Get your <laughs> intro out, you little boy. Yeah, you little boy. <laughs> <laughs> We've wasted enough time getting into this topic. It is now two nights before the NFL draft. This is Jonesy for Sports. Let's waste no more time and get right on into it. Welcome to the Jonesing for Sports podcast. So speaking of wasting time, do you guys want to hear my shower thought of the day? <laughs> yes, I do. Sure do. <laughs> so much. <laughs> I have a lot of directions that I could go with this, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts. What okay. is the one fast food that you could probably eat like 10 times more than the recommended daily allowance of? Hmm. Anytime I have questions like this, I usually choose the one with the most variety so I can like mix it up, but I feel like that's cheating. So in this case, I'm not going to do that. So we're we talking about like the restaurant itself? No, no, like this or the just one like the thing. food. I'll I'll give you an example. The reason I was thinking about this okay. is on the way back from the Tigers game, we stopped at Taco Bell and uh first time I've had Taco Bell in a long time. And I got a quesadilla, Same. of course. And by the time I was done with the quesadilla, I thought to myself, you know what? I think I could have maybe four more of these because they are <laughs> not very filling. Uh, on the flip, you also had like no meat or cheese in your quesadilla. <laughs> yeah, it was like a tortilla sandwich on itself, and that was it. You know, I remember when the number seven meal first came out. That's how old I was. You know, I was there when it was written. Okay, and the number seven meal used to be like five bucks or like four seventy nine, and you would get a quesadilla a soft shell taco or hard but i'm a soft softy and of course a large baja blast now it's like eight dollars maybe more and the quesadilla like you said has got nothing on it soft shell taco is pretty much the same it's always been but baja blast if you haven't had Taco Bell for a while like me and you're like, you know what, is Baja Blast really as good as I used to think it was? It's better than you thought it was. It's always great. <laughs> Holy cow. Man, that, I was so dehydrated because I refused to buy an $8 water at Comerica Park. And I guzzled a large water and then I just went to town on Baja Blast. I should have been drinking only water, but screw my health. Baja Blast is better. Uh, but anyways, I was thinking about how many quesadillas I could have eaten. And uh, it kind of got me thinking, what which one would I literally just go gluttonous on? And quesadilla is up there, but I don't think it's my top one. I'll field some hate real quick. You know what um, is not better than we thought it was? Or maybe it's this is just me. Is the frozen Baja Blast. I would be downright gluttonous on those in the past. These days, they're just like too syrupy. The regular Baja Blast, I think, kicks its butt. And also, I had so many of those uh, Red Skittles freezies that those were just better. 
I don't care if nobody stands with me on that take. They were so good. I know you guys disagree. I think you're but... you and Dad are the only ones who like the freezies that much. Just give me straight up Baja Blast. I don't need I don't need to be frozen. I'm not some froofy girl. Here's, I would here's I how, would take yeah. freezies I'll, when it was 17 degrees out. I'll tell you how much Cody loved them. In the That's how of, deep my love for freezies goes. High school soccer season. I was the coach, and uh, it was Cody's senior year, and we'd drive home from the games. I'm warm-blooded, always warm, so I had the air on in the car. Cody is freezing, just shivering on the way home, and we always stop to get some food. If we stop to talk, Cody always asks like, for Taco Bell, not for the food, but for that freezy. He's freezing in the car. He's mad at me for having the air on, and then he gets a freaking freezy, and then I'm mad in the car, and we probably just lost a soccer game. <laughs> Going to be cold anyways. Uh <laughs> Okay. All right. Answer answer my question. Because I know you're going to keep it at 64 degrees in there. Uh, what, Bran? What, what? He said answer the question. Yeah. My the first, the first thought I had was Little Caesar's Pizza, and I'm not going to stick with that because, honestly, I think after actually going through with that for a few days, uh, my stomach would cave in on itself. But... It seems like most of the time I, I could just always be down for a Little Caesars pizza. The second thought that I had um, isn't really of much value because, uh, rest in peace, the McDonald's snack wrap. <laughs> that snack wrap was like, that was my go-to when I went to McDonald's. Yeah, it was. For me, it's just like the chicken, ranch, lettuce, all wrapped in a nice little tortilla shell. I would just get like two of those. And they were pretty cheap, too. That was, like, one of my favorite staples of really any fast food joint. Um, so to see the death of that at the hands of COVID, I think that's when it started to go away. Um, that that was a little bit of a hard pill for me to swallow. And I definitely don't, don't go to McDonald's near as much. I have kind of a bitterness towards McDonald's now. Now it's just a place that never has ice cream. Speaking <laughs> of Little Caesars, I'm not the only one who, when they do get a hot and ready, thinks to themselves... I am single-handedly supporting my favorite teams to pay the players and and buy like <laughs> free agents because my five dollars is gonna go all the way to Mr. Illich's pocket and he's gonna shell it back out into the team and we're gonna bring a championship to our great state. Am I the only one? I'm yeah, basically you brought a, in Eduardo Rodriguez with the last uh, Little Caesars real. pizza you bought. I'm basically a minority owner at this point. <laughs> i mean i should be i would i would like to say i am that much of a super fan um but my head goes in a different direction two directions really i think fiscally this was the most responsible decision i could make for my lunch because i can get a whole pizza for five dollars whereas that's not going to get hardly anywhere anywhere else but i also think to myself I'm about to destroy this entire pizza on my own, and this is the most irresponsible decision health-wise I could have made. So I always have this mixture of happy and sad when I'm eating a Little Caesars pizza because uh, I can do some damage to a Little Caesars pizza. <laughs> yeah, but a Little Caesars pizza does some damage to me. Your, so your stomach, actually... your stomach can take it because do you remember when the Tigers had Prince Fielder and Miguel Cabrera in the same lineup? <laughs> Worth it. I, I do remember. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind next time. Usually I'm not thinking of Mr. Illich. <laughs> next but time you're stuck nice, on the toilet. It's a nice little... <laughs> it's just for my team. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have that little silver lining. 
Brian, I think you've convinced me to buy more Little Caesars pizzas. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my bad. That's just yeah, my, my thinking. Like, when I get it, I just think to myself, like, I'm a super fan instead of, like, I'm making, like Cody's saying, I'm making a horrible choice. Because <laughs> uh, he's right. Those things are wreckers. Well, before we get to the draft, speaking of the Tigers and supporting them through Little Caesars, uh, we had a super adventure this weekend, didn't we? Trying to go over to see Miguel's Mr. 3000 hit. Uh, that started off so, <laughs> like, I, I thought that trip was going to be a disaster. <laughs> we thought it was going to be just the typical Jones vacation fiasco. <laughs> like, anytime we go somewhere, it's going to rain or we plan it poorly and something crazy happens. And it's always memorable. Like, I'll look back on all these things very fondly, and I thought that's what this was going to be. Uh, and it turned out, it turned into a really good trip. But, yeah, we're, we are literally pulling into Detroit. It's 6.30 p.m. The game starts at 7. Just, and I hear Cody. Just start to see the GM building. I hear Cody in the background just go, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon and I could just tell what he what he was gonna say. It wasn't even raining at the time, and he told us the game got postponed till the next day. And then on top of that, the tickets that we had were for the second game of the doubleheader on Saturday. Meaning we went to see Miguel's next hit. He probably was gonna get that in the first game, as he did. Yep. And our tickets were just pretty much worthless at that point. So, thankfully, the Tigers kind of, I think, figured that out. We were able to swap our tickets. Um, it worked out actually really well. We went to swap our tickets the next morning, and they gave us complimentary tickets to the first game. We got to keep our tickets for the second game, and we traded the second tickets for tickets later in the season. So, it worked out really cool. Uh, ultimately, that was one of my most favorite sporting events I've ever been to. That mm-hmm. atmosphere was just awesome. Um if you watch the highlight video of Miguel Cabrera running through, like right after he hits it, pointing like from behind him, you can see us with the little blurs right above Al Kaline, uh, his statue in the outfield. It was just, it was a really fun trip. Uh, did you guys think it was worth the time and the effort? <laughs> did you guys enjoy it? Like Travis, no. I, I was so worried at the beginning because. <laughs> when we were thinking about like possibly just turning around it i was like oh this is just this is hurting my heart and we finally figured it out but the the problem is is none of us were planning to stay in a hotel so i actually travis did have a a bag with some clothes but cody and i just had the clothes on our backs and uh i mean we're walking around detroit and it's raining pretty pretty hard so we're wet, and we get to a pretty shady hotel, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is not ideal, and uh, it worked out. We got pizza. You know, you get pizza at a hotel. It makes everything better, and uh, Trav and Cody were, were real wussies because they couldn't even finish the pizza, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, not a huge problem. Put that problem. back on Cody. I got my three pieces in. <laughs> I did my work. Oh yeah, because you're so so noble for eating half a slice more than I did, Travis. Good on you. Travis eats two slices and he just instantly starts like moaning, like "Oh, I'm so full." And I've already calculated. I said, guys, if we each eat three slices, 
there will be one slice left that we will divvy up amongst ourselves. And uh, I guess Travis took that to heart because <laughs> he had ate two slices, was literally dying. And then later on, I find out he eats a third slice and he just felt awful afterwards. And uh, me and Cody heard a lot about that in the morning and he was letting us know how bad his stomach was hurting him. And uh, so that was another highlight. But we we did finally get out of the hotel. And even though I was wearing kind of stinky long sleeve shirt and jeans on a 75 degree day, I think Cody had a sweatshirt on underneath his his Verlander jersey. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, I'm not... he was melting of heat stroke. But the, the ballpark was beautiful. Miggy's hit came in his first at bat. The crowd was electric. I loved where we we stood up for seven innings, and I thought it was a really good spot right under what was it Al Kaline statue. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I felt like we could see everything so well from there, and then eventually moved down by left field fence. But it was fantastic. <clears throat> Trav, you, uh, I texted uh, afterwards and said that we need to try to witness history more often. Um, <laughs> and then I got to thinking to myself, well. You know, you don't always witness history. So I got thinking that maybe we'll just have to put our own spin on what history is because <laughs> Travis was talking about watching Michigan football this fall, and I'm thinking, well, this is historic because I've never seen them play Colorado State. So that's history. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just say hypothetically. You're going to be a very poor man if you view every game in that light, Brent. <laughs> And let's say that we maybe gotta go. JJ gets the start. That's history right there. So uh, we'll we'll view our games with a more positive, optimistic lens that everything is is doing history. But yeah, Trav, I think that that's up there for me as an all time best live sports moment I've ever witnessed for sure. And not even that, it was one of the best Tiger games I've ever been to as well. I mean, they had twenty hits, thirteen runs, great pitching. Uh, and the historic yeah, moment. Out. It was fantastic. Like I couldn't, we couldn't Torkelson have asked for a better day. Hit an opposite home run, opposite field home run. That's man, just beautiful. It was beautiful to get a shutout on a team with like what was it? Their first four batters were batting three twenty, <laughs> and their fifth was like three hundred or two ninety or something. Oh yeah, um, that's a good Rockies team that they shut out. Yeah, and then water Pretty found its everything level. you could have asked because the Rockies won the next two games yeah. to win the series. So we saw the best <laughs> game by far. <laughs> we got to watch more Tigers games, I guess, because yeah, their luck ran out of that stadium as soon as we left Detroit. When we left, like when we had the opportunity to go to a doubleheader in the same day, I was wondering, are we wussies? Like, are we passing up on something that could be legit? Like seeing two Tiger games in one day. And, like, trading in the tickets and then the Tigers performing in that second game as badly as they did. I was like, no, we didn't make a mistake. That was a good call. Uh, Well, congrats to Miguel Cabrera. He is forever a Tiger in all of our hearts. What a hero. And uh, as he said, no more interviews. Let's make the playoffs. So I guess that means it's time to start focusing on football. <laughs> yes, Brand, I believe uh, you want to take us into that next segment for us. Um, sure. Uh, I think I think we've got a phone call to get to, but uh, just to preface, you know how important this draft is. This is the Detroit Lions Super Bowl. 
if you think about it, this is our Super Bowl, guys. We're we've never won a playoff game in my lifetime. Is Maybe this when you Travis... making this a uh, historic event, Bran? This is a historic event. <laughs> you guys, these are the players that will lead the Lions to the first playoff victory in my lifetime. If this draft goes well. If it goes poorly, well, you know, same old Lions. But my point is, this is bigger than any game the Lions played this year because this is going to determine what direction we go under our new coach and our new GM. This I'll is a put a caveat draft. to that, Bryn. It could mm-hmm. be bigger except for one game, which is the final game of the year when the Lions won and could have had the number one pick <laughs> and could have destiny in their hands in two days. Uh but continue. Well, we'll, we'll really see because uh, up until about yesterday, it was really trending that the guy I think the Lions would love to draft was going to go number one overall. And uh, as it happens, when the draft is months away from the actual season, scouts and executives, they start to overthink themselves. And a player that was barely in the top 10 is now the odds on favorite to be drafted number one overall. So <laughs> we'll see. We uh, That last. That last game might not matter because I can guarantee at one, the Lions were not going to pick uh, Trevon Walker. Ja- the Jaguars just might. Uh, before I go into everything with our mock and with some questions that are uh, maybe burning, some burning questions for, for Lions fans, do you want to play our, our call? Yeah, so we got a call. Uh, it's very knowledgeable. Uh, listen through it. This is from our caller, Bob. I'll let him take it away from here. Guys, uh, yeah, Bob. How you doing? Uh, three amigos have a nice Easter, I assume. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, hey, uh, I want to uh, I want to bring up the NFL draft that's coming up on the corner here. You know, uh, next Thursday and or this coming Thursday, depending on when you uh, you know get do your next Jones and with sports. And I want to talk about this a little bit. So you guys know Bob is a Cowboys fan, lifelong Cowboys fan, loves his boys, five Super Bowl rings. How many do the Lions have? I guess that's zero. Okay, so let me just say uh, that I think the Cowboys really need to go O-line with the 24th pick. I think they got a really good chance of getting like a Tyler Lindebaum who can play center guard. You know, we got Zion Johnson who's strictly guard. And then Kenyon Green. I think they could trade down a little bit, still get him in the low first. And, uh, yeah, you know, he plays guard. He plays uh, tackle. He, he's just a uh, just great good, uh, all-around player. So that's what I'm thinking for the boys. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them skill players dropped because everybody's hyping them about quarterbacks like they do every year. Somebody will reach and they keep reaching. They might take a wide receiver, but, you know, an Olave. Uh, you know, maybe somebody like that. But I really think old lines the way they need to go. But let's talk about your Lions, boys. The Lions, this is a program, an NFL program, that has struggled throughout its life. I mean, let's face it. The Lions is one of the oldest organizations in the NFL, and they still haven't won a Super Bowl, guys. Am I right or am I right? And I think the biggest problem with the Lions, quite honestly, is the Ford family. I think I don't think the team's anything more than that tax write-off. You hear what I'm saying? They just, they just, they don't really care about their team. But in the second pick, oh, I hope they don't go with a quarterback. 
don't waste the picks. You guys like D-line, defensive ends big time. Uh, I think that Thibodeau kid is a little overrated. I don't think he's your guy. If you could get, uh, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, Davis, I think it is. He's like, uh, he's like a fourth or uh, fifth uh, highest rated player in the draft. That, I think, is your answer on the end. But anyways, Kyle Hamilton would be a nice safety for you. I'm just saying, coming from the Irish, the kid is done. He's really good. But anyways, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the NFL draft, see what you guys think. It's coming up. There's going to be a slow quarterback taken. Somebody's going to make a lot of mistakes is what I'm telling you because the quarterback class is not strong this year. It's a little weak. Uh, Bob's going to be calling in here also uh, in a little bit here, a few weeks or so, maybe sooner than that. I think you had more to say, <laughs> but it just kind of cut off there. <laughs> um, Bob, for future reference, I could care less what the Cowboys do, so feel free to keep that to yourself. <laughs> Whoa. Brutal. Uh, I but think- I... I think he's probably spot on if they do want O-line, though. Linder Linderbaum from Iowa is a stud. If he's there and they want interior offensive line, can't go wrong. I was hoping that Linderbaum was going to drop to the Bengals, who I'm just going to put this out there. Bob talked about quarterback, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I wanted to address this later. But if the Lions draft Malik Willis at two, I am going to trade my fandom to another franchise. And I might just go all in with the Bengals. I like Joe Burrow. And poor Joe Burrow has got his body has been beaten to heck by his horrible offensive line. And uh, if he could drop to to the Bengals, it would help my boy Joe Burrow live a little bit longer and maybe have a successful career without – having both of his knees broken and the rest of his body too. Uh, Malik Willis, I think, is a good project, but he's not a plug-and-play starter. So if you're getting him at two, that's a horrible, horrible reach, just like Bob said. And uh, if they were to draft Malik Willis at two, I would be shopping around. And then, hey, if he turns out to be the next coming of, like, I'm trying to think of who he might be. Uh, I don't even know. Who, who's the comparison for Malik Willis? Donovan McNabb, I don't know. Uh, I'll come back if he's good. Best case scenario. I I just don't see it. I think he could be really good, but not right away. And I think that the quarterback class is going to be so much better next year. Uh, So I I am on the the weight. uh, I've got a comparison for uh, Malik. Who is that Lions quarterback? uh, Really fast. He was a backup. Um, <laughs> Jeff Jeffy Driscoll. Blow. <laughs> Driscoll. Right, no, no, not yeah, Driscoll, yep. not Blow. Uh, my comparison is Driscoll. <laughs> Athletic. <laughs> he's got all the tools, but can he throw the ball? Like, can he put it together and be a starter? I don't think so right now. I love Jeff he's, Driscoll. This is not as bad of a comparison as you think. Uh, Cody but, and I went and saw him tear it up in Chicago. Uh, I mean, the Lions lost, but he ran fast. He's he's still the future <laughs> of the USFL. <laughs> I think he's a backup Maybe. somewhere. Yeah, I think he is too. 
So, Brand, did you have um, a few questions for us before we get into our mock draft? Okay, so my very first question was, how do you feel about drafting a quarterback? Hate, hate it. it. I think I made my, my point pretty clear. Um, I, at number two, I hate it. At 32, I hate it. At 34, I, I still kind of hate it, but I would not have to trade in my fandom at 34, uh, but... There's but so at 34, many holes on the team. you're not getting the quarterback that you, you're getting like the sixth quarterback at 34. Well, that's and that's my probably point. Sam. <laughs> if if you're drafting a, a Sam Howell, I, I hate it. It's a wasted pick. But if if let's say, and this is a very unlikely hypothetical, let's say that these other teams are actually smart and realize that some of these quarterbacks aren't plug and play starters, and they they don't go on a quarterback run that happens every year. If you wanted to take a shot in the second round, I understand, but I don't like taking a shot in the first round. Uh, so if if there was a guy that you actually like the upside on, um, I think if I had to pick two quarterbacks that I think have the most potential, it's going to be, yeah, Malik Willis, but uh, I also like Kenny Pickett. Um, I like Kenny Pickett too, actually. The... Most likely they're they're both gone, so that's not something you got to worry about. But if if you've got an option there, I don't ha- I can see it. I don't have to like it, but I I hate it a lot in the first round. Um, not Caleb Ellaby, Bryn. Caleb Ellaby is for if he's available in the sixth or seventh round, and you need <laughs> a if you want to upgrade maybe your backup situation. Um, who, who's our backup now? The guy that I don't like. I'm not even sure. Because I want it uh, to be Blau, but he's our third string. <laughs> yeah, I always think that's silly. Because I think our second string is actually pretty terrible. Um, and LB actually does have a – he has potential. He's not a finished product either. But I wouldn't mind wasting a, a late pick for, for a Caleb LB. Or a, Are you talking a, about Tim t- Boyle? <laughs> Tim. Tim. Is it Tim? Tim Boyle. Okay. Um, yeah, probably Tim Boyle. Um, or I, I like Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky as a late round guy, but he's actually skyrocketing and he might be more of a mid round guy. Um, seems to be the case lately. I've got all these draft crushes. I'm like, Oh, I could get this guy on day three. And all of a sudden he's a day two, day one guy sometimes. Uh, so we're all pretty negative on quarterbacks. Is anyone else going to join me in leaving the team? If they, we draft draft Malik Willis at two. No. It's so funny that you, you started off so, so positive on the pod. I thought like something had happened that broke you. And now you're just shifting the complete opposite direction. Like you are this one mistake away from completely abandoning this right. fandom that you've attached to your entire life. You, you, but I am, I'm a little surprised that you would jump to the Bengals and you wouldn't become a Detroit Ram. Do you think if, uh, <laughs> you think that if the Bengals won the Super Bowl, you would be a Detroit Ram instead? Do you think like it's kind of too cheap to join the Rams after they just won? Well, first of all, I was always on on the Rams side uh, because of my love for Stafford, and I actually it's hard because man. They, they they didn't build the team, in my opinion, the right way. You know, they basically just acquired a whole bunch of stars, and uh, it's kind of like the NBA where you get a, a super team. So I didn't love that, but at the same time, it, I was really happy to see them win. Um, but I really did like the Bengals. I, I think I said during the game that I, I would be happy either way 
if the Bengals won or the Rams won. Um, at the same time, I also did have too much money placed on the, the Rams to be too happy if the Bengals won. But, man, <laughs> Joe Burrow uh, is exactly the kind of quarterback that's so easy to root for, especially when he's just making plays out of nowhere. So, anyways, I'm not already saying it go to the Bengals. they just be a contender. They're they're in the mix, all right? Um, also, you said a single mistake. Cody. The Detroit Lions. <laughs> no, no, don't even start. I, I'm with you. <laughs> so Bob mentioned that the Detroit Lions are one of the oldest franchises. And I I shouldn't have done this, but I was looking through in the offseason about basically the rankings of the worst franchises. And it was actually a really good article because they gave points to playoff wins, um, NFC or AFC championships, Super Bowls, uh, playoff appearances, all that. The Lions were at the very bottom, and the only teams that were worse than them were the Jaguars and the Texans, which have both just recently been added. I think the Jaguars were like in 2000 or something like that, and so was the Houston was after them. Uh, and it was close. So in the many years of the Lions, they've achieved just about the same thing as these teams that are like 20, 30 years old. So I, I don't think it's a single decision, but if they make – if they make this decision, I will be – you You know I don't 100% mean it. I'll watch the games, okay? But <laughs> it's just I have to distance myself because that's that would be in the same vein of when the Lions draft a wide receiver, you know, in the first round every year. And they finally got lucky at number two when they got Calvin. But other than that, they just whiffed, whiffed, whiffed. <laughs> Question number yeah, that, two. That's what I. That's what I was thinking, Bran. Like you've lived through this. You've lived through them whiff, whiff, whiffing. Uh, it, why not just continue to live through it? It's, it's going to happen. You see, they're going to the draft bitter... Malik Willis or. A... <laughs> you you see those Lions fans who have lived through longer than we have, and they don't have any hope at all. We have a flicker of hope. Trav, you have a pretty good burning lantern or torch of hope he's a beacon you're a beacon of hope the rest of us have flickers of hope and we we attach to you for for our hope reinvigoration (laughs) but those older than us our fathers our father's fathers those who have gone before have seen this team do the same stuff and their hope has been extinguished and they're bitter and angry and i don't want to be that i want to be able to cheer for a, a winning team that i can get behind so I do believe in Dan Campbell, and uh, I think that this team could, could be in the keyword there, could actually compete next year uh, or in the year to come. I, it's all going to be, I think, on Jared Goff, but um, I don't want to get my hopes up. So question two, how do you want the first three picks to go? specifically positionally uh the the lions have three picks in the first 34 so they have pick number two pick 32 and pick 34 what are you hoping that they they target not a specific player but maybe positionally well pick number one like all anyone's talking about for them is edge rushers um and every once in a while somebody will slip in there but like a safety or a corner, which I think that's silly. I don't want a cornerback. I think drafting a, Jeff Akuda has made me fearful of drafting cornerbacks and free agency is like 
you can pick up a good, decent cornerback for fairly cheap. Uh, so I think edge, a rusher at first, defensive end. Um, if we can get a really good linebacker in one of those second picks, great. But, man, this wide receiver class is dope. If we just pick two wide receivers <laughs> in 32 and 34, great. <laughs> Give Goff all the weapons. Uh, I think that's what I'm leaning towards. I'm fine with uh, Detroit doubling down on the edge position with those first two picks. Um, after losing Trey Flowers, uh, that was a that was a big hurt to this team. I think that part of our defense is incredibly thin at the moment, and uh, we need all the reinforcement we can get. The guys that we have in that locker room at that position, um, very very inexperienced. So first two picks, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, spend on edge rushers. Uh, maybe a third on a wide receiver, I'd be fine with that. But if we wanted to get a linebacker with that third, I'd be good as well. Um, I don't know. I don't think that... I don't want to spend two picks on wide receivers that early. Unless we do that, I don't see Goff getting enough help to take this offense to the level that it needs to be at for us to compete. I do think that's going to be more of a multi-year project. It's more important to me that we shore up our defense. Um... Because I don't see us being a very competitive offense just yet. I also don't see Goff as being our long-term solution. Um, so I don't necessarily feel the dire need to be giving him the weapons. More so to be giving the weapons to somebody else once we get to that place. Uh, but I don't think we're near a, a competitive level. I, I don't have very high hopes for this season. I haven't seen what the over-under is, but um, I can't imagine it's going to be very good. I saw a tweet the other day that showed... Stafford and Goff's stats and Stafford stats were really great and then the defense was ranked like last in the league and it showed their record so you had great Stafford stats defenses in like last and then the Lions won like four or five six games something bad and then it showed the Lions with Goff and their defense was bad again and I think the point of it was just if you got a good defense put together a good defense to support a good quarterback and even if your quarterback's semi-mediocre, I mean, heck, look at Tennessee Titans. They've had a mediocre quarterback. I, I mean, I like Tannehill, but he's mediocre. And they just win. You get to the playoffs every year. Um, so, yeah, I agree, Code. Build the defense. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of where I'm at, that I'm not sure that, that Goff is the answer, but at the same time, I don't know that I want to – go all aboard trying to find a there's there's maybe a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL that can carry a team by themselves and even those guys I mean I think of Aaron Rodgers like he had a pretty good team and he couldn't even get out of his own conference uh he's one of those top five quarterbacks if you're going to get a top five quarterback, that's a great place to start, but it's really hard. Every season, as Bob alluded to in the call, every GM is trying <laughs> to get that guy, and then it sets their franchise back because there's only five guys like that in the world. It is really hard to be able to pick out and find your Aaron Rodgers, your Pat Mahomes, your Josh Allen, your you need to amend your Joe Aaron Rodgers take, Bran, because uh, Aaron Rodgers might be a top quarterback, but... He's not in the playoffs. He's one of the yeah, worst playoff quarterbacks. Well, I had to use him as an example because I said he's a really good quarterback, and even he has only really led his team to the one promised land one time. So, um, 
that's my point. I think that they need to build up a really strong team around Goff and then figure out if he is able to basically game manage. I hate that, but he's he's been to the Super Bowl before with a really good team with the with the Rams, and hopefully the Lions can give him the tools to succeed enough. Because Stafford is an example of this. Stafford was awesome for Detroit. Detroit was not awesome for Stafford. He won zero playoff games. He left Detroit and won the Super Bowl immediately. I'm not saying they won the Super Bowl because of Stafford, but he was a piece of the puzzle. And that's just what we need in Detroit is a piece of the puzzle, a guy that fits. I think Goff could potentially be that. We won't know until we surround him with more pieces. So uh, the positions I'm looking at, edge rusher, number one. Uh, There's a reason edge rusher is so important. If you look at player uh, salaries, quarterbacks are number one, and number two is edge rushers. The Lions just got a big edge rusher off their books and Trey Flowers that Cody talked about. He was underwhelming in Detroit. And if they can replace him with a, a rookie, that would be a huge upgrade, not only for their ability to go in free agency to pay a rookie a premium spot, uh, but then <laughs> it be nice to get some sacks there, Trey. Um, <laughs> wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Uh, so edge rusher. I, lo- I want to see them go edge rusher at number two. Uh 32 and 34 is really tough. I think that there are four positions that the Lions have to address in the draft. Edge rusher being number one. Uh, number two, they they need a safety. They need linebackers, as you guys mentioned, and of course they need wide receivers. They did uh, sign DJ Chark from the Jaguars, so that's that's helpful, but I think you still need another wide receiver. At 32, I'm hoping for either it's honestly dependent on who's available. If you there are two linebackers who are plug and play starters, in uh, Nicobe Dean from Georgia, and then the Utah linebacker, uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, Devin Lloyd. Both those guys. If you can get either one of those, even though it's not as needed as maybe a safety or a wide receiver, I would take them if they're there because I think that they're the prototypical linebacker that the Lions have hated for the past couple of years. New GM, he's not going to have his head up his butt and is going to realize he needs fast linebackers who can cover, who aren't 260 pounds. <laughs> and uh, those two guys are top-of-the-line linebackers. At the same time, you can get good linebackers in the third or fourth round. There are lots of guys I like, but those those are the two guys I love. They're draft crushes, if you will. Uh, 34, if you're taking a safety or wide receiver, I, I would be happy. I think there's a clear-cut top five wide receivers, but I think they're all going to be gone by about pick 25. So at 32, most likely you're picking from the second tier, uh, which is unfortunate. I would like to see the, the Lions get a true number one because I think there are five true number ones in this draft. But you can still get a really good wide receiver on day two or day three. So those are the four positions I want to see them get. And then how do you guys feel about potentially um, – trading because there's uh, a lot of rumors around guys like uh, DK Metcalf possibly wanting out at Seattle. Um, What's his face? Debo Debo Samuel from the 49ers requesting a trade. Do you guys think that that's something that would behoove the lions to look into, or are we still in such a rebounding position, a rebuilding position that we shouldn't even entertain the thought of paying a, a big contract for a big time player? I am in that latter camp. Um, 
I have seen that it doesn't look like uh, the 49ers GM is willing to let go of Debo or entertain offers. So we'll see if anything becomes of that. I'm a huge fan of DK Metcalf. I would lose my mind if we were able to see him wearing Honolulu blue. Uh, That being said, exactly like you said, Brand, we are so deep in the rebuild that, you know, we could have him for a few years. And, uh, you know, by the time his first contract is up, uh, we're still no closer to being a playoff team. I honestly think that's kind of the point where we're at, and I'm not sure we can afford a player of that caliber. Um, and it'd, it'd be tough to even give uh, what's necessary to get a player of that caliber here. I don't think we have um, the assets, frankly. We're not in a place where we can be giving up that draft capital. Um, so as much as it would be an exciting move and bring some joy back to watching Lions football, I don't think it's realistic. Yeah, I think you nailed it, Code. It would be exciting. Like, if it happens, it happens, and I'll cheer for him happily. But I don't want it to. But my biggest thing, reason for not wanting it to, other than financially and rebuilding, is these are guys that are opting out of their own teams. And we're so young in the rebuild. Let's say the Lions have another bad year or two or three. Uh, Debo Samuel is not going to stick around in Detroit if things are going bad. Uh, he's not a, no. He doesn't seem like a team guy. Uh, Cardarius Tony from the Giants who wants out, who's also a really good receiver. Uh, he played with them one year, and he's like, nah, <laughs> send me somewhere else. These guys were asking out. I don't think I want them on our rebuilding team because uh, I don't think I trust that they'll stick around. Uh, Cody, you, you really like DK Metcalf, though? He's a freak. Yeah, you he, know He's what? one of those guys, you just throw him the ball and he will get it. <laughs> And he's one of those guys I pick up every year I can on fantasy, yeah, and smart. he will just dominate. He will just dominate for me. Seeing him in a Lions jersey that brings back reminiscence of uh, Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson out there, just huge, mm-hmm. stronger, bigger, faster than everyone. That's mm. funny. That's kind of what I was saying when DK Metcalf was about to get drafted in 2019. That you know what he would remind me of Calvin Johnson. Oh wow, he's available in the second round. Let's draft him. No, let's not. Let's draft Jelani Tavai, a 260-pound <laughs> linebacker who's not going to do squat. Stop it. Well, we invested a second-round pick in him. And you know what, Bob Quinn? If you only have one linebacker that fits your your defense, then you got a bad defense because this <laughs> Jelani Tavai was going to go in the round six or seven or undrafted, and you – you picked him in the second round because he's the only guy who fits your defense, and then your Brand, defense got shredded. Bran, this is a I'll bright new day. I'll for the Bengals with you. Just stop. This is a bright new day. <laughs> I'm just it's saying. It's a new horizon Thursday. I'm in pain. I'm just saying. I am, I am not a professional, <laughs> but as I am looking before these drafts, I'm thinking to myself, and I'm saying these actual words that you just said. DK Metcalf could be a replacement for Calvin Johnson. And that was like my pie in the sky. Like, obviously, he's not going to be Calvin Johnson. And then, what does he do? He is the best deep threat in the NFL. He's even better than I even thought he could be when I wanted him so badly in the second round. But you know what? We're going to draft Jelani Tavai. So here's – I'm just going to stop. But my point is – There's a lot of really good players in the NFL that the Lions whiff on. Because because they're just bad at their jobs. And uh, I, I agree that probably we don't want to give up too much. However, Dan Campbell could be the type of coach 
that can build a culture that a Debo or a DK or whoever might be able to buy in and might want to stick around. The players seem to love Coach Campbell. Uh, that was not the case for Coach Fat Butt. Um, these these young players might might be the the missing piece. And if you're able to get a receiver, you don't have to then fix that in the draft, and you can focus on your other holes like linebacker, safety, edge rusher, um, and everywhere else. So uh, I don't hate it, but at the same time, I you can't just give up a ton of of draft capital because if you're in the same situation next year, or let's say they improve a little bit, but they don't have a top, top pick, you have to be able to trade up. If you want to get a elite quarterback, if you want to get the CJ Stroud, if you want to get the Bryce young, you're you'll have to give up some cheddar. So uh, that was what I had. Uh, Last question is, do you guys have any draft crushes? I already listed my linebacker draft crushes. Any guys that you might, you're thinking we're probably not going to get them because they're going to go somewhere else. But I just think that they're going to be really good. For me, I listed that there was uh, DK Metcalf, and turns out I was right to have a crush on him because the man is a freak. Uh, anyone like that for you? Yeah, I hate saying yeah, that. Oh, you go, Code. Malik Willis. <laughs> okay, before <laughs> – let me say this. Before Malik Willis became the number one quarterback prospect, I'll, I'll be honest, I am a little bit obsessed – I took time to create my own draft guide and I listed players at every position that I wanted the Lions to draft. And I listed Malik Willis and I gave him a, a third round grade. And that's about where he was at the time. But now that the, the scouts had time to, you know, pour over film and be like, well, he's fast and he's got a big arm. Now he's looking at possibly going in the first round. Uh, And that's just what happens. If, if they were, picking him as a project in a second day pick or third day pick. I don't hate it. I think he's got a lot of, of promise, but he is not a day one starter. And that's what you're looking for. Hey, when don't you're talk drafting Cody a guy that. in that's the first draft day. day crush. Cody's messing yeah, with I'm me. Signing he's, off. He, he doesn't, <laughs> he's, he's trying to get me all wound up. Um, my draft day crush is one that I'm sad to say. It's uh, Chris Olave. Uh, that's a good one. It's funny that you said that because I was going to go with my boy Sky Moore. Uh, I love that code. <laughs> Maybe we'll draft yeah. him late in the draft. We'll see how things go. But I think Olave just does some special things. Home run, Tigers. Javi Baez, three-run home run. Let's go. Let's go. Tiger, baby. <laughs> to take the lead in the eighth inning, 4-3. Oh, let's go. It's really <laughs> nice we're back to the live plays. commentary. <laughs> I love podcasting late at night because the Tigers play pretty much every night. So we got it in the background all the time. Uh, anyways, that's my no, that's actually, mine. I think Olave is going to be sick. So uh, Cody yeah, mentioned I mean, Sky the mock draft, I'm Go ahead. I just got to give Cody some, some props. So at the uh, – oh, crap. What is it called? The Motor City Bowl? Is that it? We went and watched that. It was a quick lane bowl. Quick lane quick bowl. Lane bowl. Uh, Sky Moore played pretty well, but Cody really had – he kind of really stuck out. Like Cody was just like, this guy, I love this guy. He, he just kept talking about how much oh, he yeah. loves Sky Moore. And then <laughs> now we're here in April, and people are 
projecting him to possibly go in round one. <laughs> if not round one, <laughs> round two. <laughs> it's like <laughs> no one really had a thought that this wide receiver from Western Michigan was going to be a, a big wide receiver prospect, but Cody picked it at the quick lane well, bowl I, that that guy was special. So I was Snapchatting you guys. He's got a scouting. During... <laughs> yeah, I had a scouting code. <laughs> that would be. That would be amazing to have a, a career in that. But, but I was Snapchatting you guys while watching the Combine, and as Sky Moore kept popping up, I was really just Snapchatting because I knew Cody loved him, so I was <laughs> sending, like, kind of joking. But every time he got up, the announcers and everyone was just going gaga over his crispness, his speed, his good hands. Uh, he's he's a good pick, Code. Good scouting. Yeah, he's got heart too. He's just a gritty player. I remember watching him get absolutely lit up at the Quick Lane Bowl. Like he took such a hard hit, a hit that like I had seen people on TV stay down for like 15 minutes afterwards, and like he got right back up and caught probably another 25 yard pass right after that. That dude, like you said, he's just crisp. He's so so incredibly fast. He's a gifted athlete, and uh, I was saying that day, like, dude, I want him to be a lion, and now. If he could drop to, uh, what is it, 32, I would not be uh, sad at all to see them use that pick on him. Well, you guys want to get into it? Let's uh, do this thing. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. We're, we're we probably in should. <laughs> this will be the mock quick. draft anyways. Oh I suppose we never I actually. realize it's at, we're already at 53 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. We are the worst at this. <laughs> all right. Well, I've got the board up. Um, pick number one has been made. It is Trevon Walker. So the Jaguars. <laughs> that actually brings up another conversation that we should discuss. Yeah. Um, because there's a very strong chance they don't go with Trevon Walker. <laughs> if the Jags take Aiden Hutchinson, like I think they probably will. Um, and who knows if they do. But if they take Aiden, what then do we want to do with that second, with that number two pick? Yeah, because the decision I think is pretty clear. If they take Trevon, we're all going in on Aiden, right? Yes, yes. So if they take Aiden Hutchinson, are you guys good with Trevon Walker at two, or are you thinking a different direction? I like Trevon Walker. I think. I mean, we watched that Georgia team and what they could do. Uh, they he's a bulldog. Um, but I guess my question <laughs> is, I think the other guy is Kayvon Thibodeau. What like? Do you want Thibodeau? He was the number one pick all year. So, yeah, I, I really like that you called Walker a bulldog. If he played for the uh, Florida, would he be a Gator? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take Thibodeau. I, I think that uh, there's something to be said for production. If you are a freak athlete, which Walker is, but you just don't ever sack the quarterback, <laughs> there's something weird going on there. And I, I'm not saying I, I think he'll be a fine NFL player. He might be a very good one, but I, I can't understand taking. Uh, so the biggest thing that everyone is saying is that Trevon Walker is this insane athlete. Aiden Hutchinson is an insane athlete too. Like mm-hmm. if you look at their, their raw scores, the relative athletic score, Aiden Hutchinson is like a 9.87 and Trevon Walker is like a 9.99. So they're neck and neck. And the thing is, Aiden Hutchinson has got way more. He's got a much deeper pass rushing repertoire. He's got the motor, the hustle, what have you. And I think Trevon Walker's got that stuff too, but he doesn't have the production. He doesn't have the, the pass rushing moves, which is what you want out of an edge player. They both will do well against the run. So 
Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. And I, I know there's some rumors that Coach Campbell is a little bit hesitant with uh, the personality there, but I think that I, I wonder if that's maybe a smokescreen that maybe yeah. these lions are a little bit smarter than the last, um, the last staff when they literally said that they would not take a quarterback in that, that last draft. So that teams knew <laughs> that they didn't have to trade for that pick. Um, I think they could be disguising their actual true desires. So I think, uh, Thibodeau could be a, a really good, I think those three guys will all be good NFL players. And I, I think that Hutchinson is the most has the best guarantee to be a at minimum a good one and has the ceiling to be great. I think all three of them have a ceiling to be great though. Uh, I'll say this. If Hutchinson is available, I'm going to on Thursday be texting you guys laugh cry emojis and I'll be just pointing my finger at Jacksonville saying, You idiots. At the same time, <laughs> that's not to say that I think Hutchinson is the best ever. Um if we had uh, Panay Sewell, if he was coming out in this draft, the Lions picked him, I think, seventh last year. Yeah. He would go number one overall, no question, in this draft. So I, I do think this draft isn't quite as high on elite, elite playmakers. But Hutchinson, I think, is number one overall by far. So that's that's where I'm at. I like what you said about that whole smokescreen idea with Thibodeau. Because I saw that article come out about uh, Campbell not thinking he'd be a good culture fit for the program. I thought that seemed incredibly transparent. Um, Or at least it would be if they were trying to tell the truth there. But once that came out, everybody and their moms was talking about how, yeah, Detroit's not taking Thibodeau. So it's going to be either Hutchinson or Walker. Um, I don't have actually a great deal of problem taking any three of those guys. Aiden's my guy. Uh, if I have to pick between the three, I think the main thing between Walker and Hutchinson is more the difference of how they were used in their defensive schemes. Um, it seemed that, you know, Hutchinson had more of a pure rushing role, whereas a lot of times, uh, Walker was used to kind of plug up the middle and allow the safeties and linebackers to blitz on the outside. Um, so it's more, I think, an instance of potential versus the floor of Hutchinson. With Hutchinson, we know what we're going to get. We're going to get a great player. With Walker, there's a lot of potential there. I saw that one concern that scouts had was just in arm length. That's something that definitely goes in Walker's uh, favor. Hutchinson was only in the 8th percentile of arm length, whereas uh, Walker was about like 85th or something. Um, which is pretty important. Uh, the person that gets their hands on the other guy first is going to have a huge advantage when trying to turn that corner or keep the other guy out. Um, I do see a lot of potential with Walker. It's just, it's difficult. I won't be too disgruntled if he's the one that we end up taking, but I also, I don't believe all the smoke that's been thrown out about Thibodeau not being a great fit. I'd be really happy to see him with our second pick as well. Um, I can't say who I'd prefer between the two. They're kind of like 2A and 2B to me, but all in all, I, I love what I've seen from Hutchinson, and you just know you're going to get a tremendous athlete and a tremendous character of a person in him. He's one that you know will absolutely fit on this team led by Campbell, and that's absolute best-case scenario. I think we can all agree on that. Um, and just to add to uh, to that debate, I did mention that the draft is kind of like the, the Lions Super Bowl, and it, it's a little bit hyperbolic, but... I actually really enjoy the the draft, not just for what my team's going to do, 
what do the other teams do? There's a, some real drama at pick number one. With the Jaguars, the rumor on the street is that the GM, Trent Balky really wants um, Trevon Walker. And the owner, Shad Khan, really wants Aiden Hutchinson. And so in on Thursday, we're going to be able to tell who's got more pull, the GM who's supposed to run the team or the owner who owns the team and is the boss of the GM. So it's kind of whoever they pick, you get to kind of see that real life drama. Uh, it reminds me of, you know, previous drafts where like the bears traded up to number two to pick Mitchell Trubisky when uh, Deshaun Watson <laughs> and um, what's his face? Uh, Chiefs quarterback. We got to do something. Patty, so Patty Mahomes. Pat Mahomes are still on the board and they go for Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I, I laughed so hard when that happened. Um, same, same. <laughs> you think of uh, things like that. And so I'm really looking forward to some of the drama of these teams making horrible decisions, really hoping the Jaguars make a horrible decision and pass up Aiden Hutchinson. On the board, we have selected Aiden Hutchinson. So our edge position is crossed off. Just notice this on the big board. It has our team needs. Every single position. Can you guys see that? Every position is highlighted. <laughs> if we were like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it'd probably have like four positions highlighted. Nope. Every single position has a need. So we're not going to be able to address every need. We'll try to get the important ones. Can you guys see that on my screen? Looks like Kenny Pickett yep. is available at pick 32. Um, also, the guy that we talked about, Tyler Linderbaum, available. Not really the most important position into your offensive line, but it's something maybe later in the draft we'd want to address. And then my boy, Nicobe Dean. Dean is still available. And that's the problem with mock drafts is that they use their own um, power rankings. Nicobe Dean is not the 35th best player. He's ranked 35 on this particular uh, draft. On the one that I have up right here, let's see where is he at. Uh, 29 is still deep, but I've seen him in the low 20s to teens. Um, and your boy also, Sky Moore is still on the board code at 41. Also Sky Moore. Yeah, I know. Uh, David Ojabo, <laughs> Jaquan Brisker at safety. That's a need. So what are you guys thinking I, here? I'd love to get those some names? of that bulldog on our team. Nicobe Dean, I, I think that'd be sick to have him. I think Quay Walker would be more realistic with this pick uh, to be available in the real draft, but with Dean on the board, I think you got to go with him. And we won't worry too much about the realistic because, as we know, sometimes really good players drop. You know, DK Metcalf was True. supposed to be a first-round pick, and he dropped uh, into the second round. And, of course, we don't have to rehash that. So, N'Kobe Dean has been drafted. And we don't have to wait long because we are pick 34. And... uh Still same guys on the board. Oh, the man. Jaguars taking a long time to select or something? No, we're, <laughs> we're available. Travis Jones is available. Interior defensive line. <laughs> oh, I went to UConn? Neat. All right, what do we oh, want, this guys? Is tough. What's the best safety available? This is available? very tough. The best safety available is Jaquan, Jaquan Brisker. Hmm. Unfortunately, the guy I like, Jaquan Brisker is a good safety. I'm not going to slander his name, but the guy I would hope would drop. Holy cow. Did I pass him? Oh, that 30 by the Chiefs, uh, Lewis Seen. 
I've seen a lot of mock drafts. Safety. I've seen a lot of mock drafts have him pretty like uh, with the Lions picking him 32 or 34. If he falls to 32 or 34, I'm stoked. Um but it's interesting. I wonder if a lot of these mock drafts I'm seeing from Lions writers and beat writers are also Michigan fans who watched this Georgia team a lot because <laughs> there's a lot of Georgia players high on the Lions mock drafts. And rightfully well, Georgia, so, I think. Georgia had a all-time defense, so. True. Um, Absolutely. Man, this is stupid. Uh, it pains yep. me to yep. see Tyler Linderbaum still available here, but it really does not hit our need as much. Which player on this available is going to make us the happiest? I got to say, for Cody's sake, it's Sky Moore. You know... Ooh, there's a lot of names you're passing up for that. Let's scroll down a bit. I, I like where your head is at, though, Trev. Because really George do. Pickens is rated 53 on this, and I think he's definitely gone in the second round. Um, so... Well, yeah, I don't know. This is so <laughs> tough. <clears throat> well, what position? Uh, I are think you? that Brisker, think might, Brisker be the pick. might have to be the pick. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, all right. I'm not, but it's the right choice. Sky Moore is off the board. Oh no! The Bears oh, got he him. Became a bear too. He's a bear. What have Sorry, we done? Buddy. No. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Brees Hall is off the board. That's all right. The fact that the Tampa he's Bay. going before Kenneth Walker is stupid. <laughs> I agree. Brees Hall is a crazy good athlete, but Kenneth Walker is a really good running back. Um, we lucked out. George Pickens is available in round three. Oh, I think we him. need to run to the podium and draft George Pickens. Kenneth Walker is available here, and uh, I don't think he should be. I think he's the best running back in the draft. What do you guys but think of we, David Bell from Purdue? Not for this really pick, good. but I like him a lot. I like him. Um, he doesn't have the athletic upside that a Pickens has, but he honestly reminds uh, me of Rondell Moore a lot. And look what he's done in the NFL. Well, he's, he's not quite. Oh, you're talking about Pickens? Or no, Bell? I, was, I was talking. No, Bell. he's talking about David Bell. Bell isn't boys. as athletic. Rondell is in a league of his own. I think there. Rondell Moore, but. Um, Bell has oh. got the production, so I'd say watch out for Bell in the NFL if he gets in the right situation. No, I'm not. I'm not doubting him. I'm just saying he's not quite like he doesn't have the elite speed that uh, Rondell Moore has. Or uh, George Pickens has got. He's like six three and runs a four four, and can jump crazy high. Oh, I'm uh, not arguing. Let's pick Pickens. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I really do like Ron. Uh, what's his face, David Bell, because I think that. He could be a little bit like Amon Ross St. Brown in that he's going to be an underrated guy that turns out to be just stuff the stat sheet. I'm watching these picks roll in right now, and they're, all the wide receivers have been drafted. <laughs> well, we, we got that lucky was crazy. There. At pick 97, we've got Trey McBride, which I believe is the number one tight end available. Hey, that's not Which bad. is a need. Yeah. Um, we haven't picked a linebacker. Oh, we did. We got Nicobe Dean. Oh man, <laughs> what a draft! We've got a killer linebacker. We got our edge. We're so good at this. We, we got, got our every year. This is a perfect draft so far. Okay, so we just need to 
figure out where we want to go here. Um, we need to fill in the holes. Man, we hit the four positions that I mentioned already, though. So from here, it's like icing on the cake. Honestly, uh, Trey McBride, that could be kind of... Yeah. Because we've got a fantastic tight end in in Detroit. Hawkinson's awesome, but man, you play with two of them often, and Hawk gets hurt quite a bit. Yeah, I think that might be the pick. Um I don't think that's the position that I would like put first among what's still out there to be filled. But judging by who's on the board, uh, well, I don't think you can pass on him. Well, Brand, <laughs> yeah, click on I, running backs real quick. Okay. James Cook from Georgia. Tyler Batty from Missouri. Zamir White, Georgia. Hassan okay. Haskins is available later. I actually think he could be a really nice yeah, running back absolutely. in the NFL. He could be our Mr. Irrelevant. I don't think he'll go that late. Um, Going back to all, just to kind of – so Trey McBride is ranked 61. We are at pick 97. So that's kind of a steal already. Um, At the same position, not a guy we're going to pick. But if the Lions need a tight end and he's available, Jelani Woods is ranked 104 on this this big board. He – I believe his RAS score was maybe a thousand, like one point oh, just Whoa. crazy athlete. So always good to have a guy like that at tight end. Um, That's decent. And actually, this he this would probably be like a sixth or seventh round pick, or maybe undrafted. I think Connor Hayward could be a interesting tight end slash H back in the NFL. So oh, yeah. we're gonna draft Trey McBride. Is that is that okay? Yeah, for sure. I, yep. I feel like we're cheating. There's he shouldn't be available. <laughs> Did I put this on easy mode? Why are they giving <laughs> us all the players we want? That's not how real life works. Is this how it's gonna go on Thursday? <laughs> we're just gonna get every 100%. position we need. Hundred percent. Yeah, because I've actually seen mocks with Jaquan Brisker in the first. And I've seen mocks with <laughs> George Pickens in the first. <laughs> <laughs> so we we got four first round draft picks and <laughs> oh Hassan Haskins oh, just got drafted. Hassan's gone. Well, it feels like it's been a while. I guess we don't have a fourth round pick, huh? Yeah, we don't. Do we have a fifth round? Or are we going the right? Oh, here we go. Pick one seventy seven in round five. Uh, uh, Chris Paul. Chris CP three. Chris Paul. Let's go. Yeah, interior offensive, offensive line for from Tulsa. Tulsa. <laughs> It's quite a change of position. Jalen Naylor. I actually kind of like him. I do too. I think that this board maybe has him ranked higher than I've seen him in on other big boards, but I think he's a deep threat. I don't know. We're doubling up at a position we hit. Uh, I don't love that. This is where the Lions typically take an offensive lineman who – seems to either be hit offensive or miss line is i think a real need it has interior defensive line i don't know that that's a need no i mean maybe for depth but we drafted two interior defensive linemen last year yeah i agree uh corners also a need oh. i don't know are you, are you seeing anyone on this list that's jumping out to you no mm. not when you get this deep it comes really challenging no, I'm not seeing anybody I who's think, just screaming. 
okay, what I position Chris, do you want? Chris Paul might be the move. Uh, maybe cornerbacks real quick or offensive ta- yeah, offensive okay. tackle or corners. Huh. You want Vincent Gray? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let's that if we have an A tackle. in the draft right now, if we drafted Vincent Gray, I would drop our draft grade to a C. So something I'm surprised you didn't go further. My my preference when I do these mocks is to get offensive tackle guys that can also kick in and play guard. Um, Andrew Stuber is projected to be a guard, but he's listed as tackle here. Uh, that's kind of a reach because he's ranked at 245, but a guy to keep an eye on. I think he could play a really decent guard. Well, how many in, picks in do we NFL. have left? Um, I guess it doesn't really say. Oh, I so. think we've got like two more or three more. I'm not really sure. Well, let's see if we can grab Stuber as our one of our last picks. Um, Agreed. Cause so do you want to go into your offensive line or do you want to go corner? Or... Maybe corner. Can we look at the corners again? Yeah, Vincent Gray. Yeah, that's right. Not in love with any of those. I mean, I I kind of it's a high rank, but I think Josh Job from Alabama might be a a a day three guy. I don't love him at round five, but maybe round six or seven. I think he could be a decent pickup. I'd be okay. With that. So if we're gonna go into your offensive line. I'd rather – I know that Chris Paul is ranked higher, but Cade Mays is not – just a few spots below him, and I've actually heard of him from Tennessee. <laughs> so I would be I'm in favor of that, Cade honestly. Mays, or if we want to just go for Jalen Naylor and double up, I think yeah. that he's – he was uh, demanding targets in an offense with my next year's draft crush, Jaden Reed. So I, I think say, that he's a legit wide receiver. Let's go. How soon is our next pick? I think we're actually pretty close. So why don't we pick? Let's pick Naylor and go with Stuber next. If we if we, if he falls still if he's still there. Well, Stuber should still be there. Stuber will definitely be there. He was like two forty. Okay. Which one yeah, should I take then? It's Maze. It's Maze that might not still be there. I'm uh, I'm for Naylor. My vote's Naylor. Cody? I'm going to say Maze just to put it on Brayden. Dang. <laughs> Good pick. Um, also, he tough. is projected a little bit higher here. Uh, so I think the chance, I mean, not by much. It doesn't make a difference, I suppose. I'm honestly going there with what I know. And I've, I've watched Jalen Naylor. And I believe he can contribute. I don't really know Maze too well. Uh, okay. Um,. I'm going to say Jalen Naylor. Sorry, Code. All right. Screw me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> guess what? Chris Paul's still available. <laughs> but Cade Mays did get drafted, so. Oh, man. He got dra- Look what happens when we don't listen to Cody. He got drafted right before our pick right now. We almost <laughs> got him. Jaguars. Um. Man, this is tough. <clears throat> Do you want to just take the best available? We'll get this Chris Paul guy. I think, and... 
I think so. Yep. I don't know him, but apparently the draft CP3. network thinks he's good. All right. Do we have another pick? We'll find out. I think we have one more. And up oh, Hinton just got off the board. I'll be very curious to see what Michigan guys go and which guys don't. I think this is our possibly our last pick. Connor Hayward's so, there for it. You want to go two tight ends? Oh, he is no. there. We're gonna. This is gonna be a Michigan State heavy draft. Quarterback is listed as a team need. Running Josh back, Ross offensive is right there. tackle. No, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's check the running back. See who's available. Oh, oh. maybe. <laughs> Maybe we'll that doesn't look very promising. get a guy as a... Oh, C.J. Verdell from Oregon. Yeah, maybe we can sign a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't like any of those running backs. No, I don't either. Yep. Uh, move on from running back. We don't have a corner yet, right? Yeah, that's definitely there he is. fair. Josh Job. Yep, get him. Get him. I mean, an Alabama cornerback listed this low there's probably something horribly wrong with him but i do know that he's a freak athlete and you can hopefully train the rest <laughs> yeah as your last pick in the draft last pick in the draft we'll take a flyer on alabama cornerback oh there he goes oh, we should have been looking Connor at Connor hayward to the rams caleb ellaby got drafted to the raiders right there <laughs> well someone's gonna have to replace Derek carr yeah. Whoa. What you woeing about? Oh crap! I just I saw a name that I wanted to. Did you just close the draft? No, it, it finished. It just ended it. It wants All me right. to buy premium, and I said no. Yeah, you gotta buy premium for it to grade you. I think. That's a lie. Do it. All right. Well, sweet. Let's look at our picks. User picks. I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting. We're gonna have to gonna have to scroll through the entire draft to find him. Oh, there we go. All right, that is a killer draft. Uh, so I'll just say this: at pick two with Aiden Hutchinson, if the Lions are able to get Aiden Hutchinson day one, I'm gonna pretty much feel like they won their draft because that is a foundational piece at edge. So that's a little bit of brand and positivity for you. I know you guys are thinking I'm too negative, but. If you're able to get Aiden Hutchinson, I really do believe that your draft has – it's kind of like when you you get the, your guy and you just know that whatever happens next is it's going to be okay. But guess what? At pick 32, we got N'Kobe Dean. <laughs> Brandon negativity, that will not happen. He's going to be off the board. <laughs> yeah, or he's if he's gone. on the board, if he's on the board, the Lions, they're not going to expect him to be there. I've seen it happen. And they're going <laughs> to say, guess what? There's a fat linebacker somewhere else we can draft. But Nicobe Dean at 32 Stop. is uh, that's 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 Dreamland stuff. Uh, but you know what? When the Joneses are drafting, Dreamland stuff happens. Uh, hire us. Yeah. They- pick 34. We got <laughs> Jaquan Brisker, the safety out of Penn State. Um, Solid pick at 34. For real, the the fact that we have addressed edge, linebacker, and safety, all three of those guys are day one starters. And the defense. All right, there. That is a successful draft. Yeah. In your first 34 picks, we've got three starters, and this is a defense that badly needs the help. So that's huge. 
once again, completely unrealistic. But at pick 66, we got George Pickens in round three. <laughs> uh, fellas, that's not going to happen. Uh, we, I don't know how, but we turned on... It's it wasn't Heisman difficulty. We we turned it to JV because man, Pickens available at sixty six would just be so. It's like the stars are aligning because at ninety seven we get Trey McBride, the best tight end in the draft from Colorado State. Oh, I, I'm getting choked up thinking about this, guys. <laughs> After this, it doesn't matter. But we still at pick one seventy seven. We got Jalen Naylor from Michigan State. Great deep threat. Uh, get a little bit of that hometown talent, which is always a good thing. Pick 181, Chris Paul, the interior offensive lineman from Tulsa. We don't know anything about him, but he was ranked high, and we needed a interior offensive <laughs> lineman. And then at 217, we got Josh Job, cornerback from Alabama. Probably the, the day three picks, a little shaky, but days one and two, that is an A++. We broke the scale. We broke the curve. All the other kids in class hate us because we aced it. Uh, and if you can nail day one and day two, you're going to have a really good NFL franchise. Good job, guys. The draft can only get worse from keep here. Doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why. We're going to be so disappointed come Thursday. Yeah, hopefully the other teams just you pick all the worst players just like they must have done because I, I can't figure out how these guys were available. That's my bad. All I really hope for, all I really hope for, is that one GM is uh, wearing a mask in his own house, like last year. <laughs> that's that's the drama of. I it. don't even remember who that was. You got Bill Belichick on the camera, and said it's his dog sitting in his chair. <laughs> I can't did wait like for that. Thursday. Uh, so to give some background, I tried four different mock drafts, and I picked the only one that a couple times had the Jaguars pick Trevon Walker which is why I picked this one. But maybe that's a bad idea because I just do not see any of this being realistic. <laughs> you just got your but hopes way up. I got my hopes yep. way too high. Thanks a lot, the Draft Network. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? I can now, and that's not healthy. Playoffs, man. Here we come. <laughs> yeah, we... This is getting to a dangerous place, so we better wrap things up. Hutchinson is like uh, a Bosa. <laughs> N'Kobe Dean is like Devin Bush. Jaquan Brisker. What? Best safety in the draft? George Pickens? <laughs> Way better NFL career than he ever was in college. Trey McBride? Is this going to be like a Patriots dual tight end situation with Gronkowski and Hernandez? Hopefully on the field-wise, yes. Jalen Naylor, steal of the draft. What? Chris Paul, just as good on the football field as he is on the basketball court. Josh Job was held back by Alabama. Best draft in history. Here we go. Couldn't have said it better myself. And with that, we'll bid you all a good night. Uh, please be sure to... Call in, let us know uh, what you think of our picks, where you think we might have went wrong. Let us know your draft crushes, what you want the Lions to do in the draft, and of course how you think they did once draft day arrives. So be sure to leave those messages with us. You can call us at 
um, my Cody. <gasps> and <laughs> what? I, I couldn't think of any other ways to delay it any longer. <laughs> um, figured I'd just finally bite the bullet. Uh, 2345 My Cody. Be sure to leave us a call. Uh, you know, leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you listen to our podcast. We really appreciate all the support and just hearing from you guys. So thanks again for joining us. It's always it's been a blast talking with you two, as always. And just remember that Ohio sucks. Take it easy, everyone. <laughs>